Patrick Rivers, vocalist for Three Days Under, meets the antidote. Patrick, thanks for coming, man. Thanks for having me, Dave. I appreciate it. I like to ask every artist how music began for them. So you got to go way, way, way back and dig into that memory bank. Tell me, what's your first music memory? My first music memory, I think I was eight years old, and it was Christmas morning, and my parents got me a dual cassette player. And for <laughs> you who are listening who don't know what a cassette player, it's an old-fashioned machine we used to have to listen to our music through. And honestly, this is going to sound strange, but the first tape they got me with it was a Randy Travis digging up bones cassette tape. So that was like literally, and this is what I do now, is this rock metal, but I cut my teeth on Randy Travis. (laughs) (laughs) But you know where you are cool is that you had the cassette deck back then, and now cassettes are a cool thing again. Finally, something's coming back. I don't think it'll stick though. No, it's just daring to be different, I guess. Right. It's so cumbersome trying to pack around all those tapes and a big old cassette player when I can just open up Spotify and stream what I want to hear. Oh, man, and I can't stand Spotify. Yeah, me either. I just looked at our sales from 56 streams. We made a whopping 14 cents. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Just think, another five more of those, and you might even be able to get a coffee. Right. What about that being an independent? Isn't that a real struggle financially? Uh, It is, but it's a labor of love. It really is. I mean, so much time and and money and effort go into it. Everything, And it's not just the music, though. It's the merchandise. It's the the transportation and the the rooms and, and everything in between. And you're taken out of your family's mouths. But, you know, the end result, especially when it's ministry, is what you're pouring into other people. And so all the time, money and effort makes every bit of it worth it in the long run. I hear you on that one. I do this show just for fun. You know, it's a passion project. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like uh, your passion is the same as our passion. Let's do stuff for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) You've probably been asked this a thousand and one times, but you got to tell us the story about the band name, Three Days Under. Was that choice an easy one to make? Um, actually, it was a very it was a very directed choice to make because for the longest time I had tried to start a few like uh, CCM bands when I was first saved about ten years ago, but God kept telling me that I had been using the band members as like a shield or a security blanket from who He was truly calling me to be. So He had me release this single called Breathe as a solo project. And then after that was done, I hired a band so we could shoot a music video for it. And just the experience being with the band again, I asked God, I was like, "Um, God, can I just have my band back? And he said, sure. There's a couple conditions, though. You're going to call it Three Days Under. Um, I said, okay. So what what does it mean? He said, well, it just represents the three days that my son was in hell after hanging on that cross, taking back what was rightfully mine to begin with. I said, okay, I'm not going to argue with you. And I was like, the second condition, he said, um... And you're going to have to wait on me to place the individuals that are supposed to be there with you. Mm. And so I followed the first one real well the first go-around. The second one, not so much. (laughs) You know, we tend to get ahead of a god a lot. So that's what I did on the first itineration. Um, Our first show with that lineup, there was like 900 people in that audience. We had practiced for like six weeks. Wow. Written six original songs just to play at this recovery event. Then afterwards, uh, a couple of the uh, former members came along. It's like, man, you don't have to talk about Jesus so much or be so direct, tone it down. And I'm like, yeah, 
how about we not do that? How about we just keep doing what I'm doing? And they moved on and more power to them. But God had other plans. Well, you know, you got to tell me something else. Has anyone ever made the mistake of calling you guys Three Days Grace? Oh, Lord, we've been introduced as Three Days Grace. <laughs> three Days Grace, Three Doors Down. I mean, uh, when we were first starting out, we went a stretch of being called everything but Three Days Under. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there is a Christian music connection there. Here's some trivia for you. Neil Sanderson of Three Days Grace was actually the original drummer for Thousand Foot Crutch. Really? That is some trivia right there. Because Thousand Foot Crutch came out of Peterborough, and Three Days Grace came from just down the highway. Oh, wow. That is good info to have. And I didn't know Three Days Grace was a, um, a Canadian band. Norwood, Ontario. Wow. You'll have to look that one up. Well, we can keep talking as if you guys have massive longevity, but really, your roots began in 2018 with your self-titled. Yes. I like to call it our kindergarten album. (laughs) (laughs) Well, was it then a challenge to make the album? Um, Not really. It took quite a while because even though it was released in 2018, we had been working on it since 2017, 2016, something like that. And um, it just took a while to do it because I was, again, waiting for God to place band members. So I just had at least seven of the eight songs written that we released on that EP. And um, I was just waiting for musicians to come along. It took a while to do it, but everything was pretty much cut and paste for these guys. And I brought the bones, and they really put the meat on it, you know. So that one wasn't – it's getting this next this, – the follow-up. That's what's difficult. Well, let's talk about one of the tracks that I really love from the album, Mended. And it speaks about God knowing every detail about us and how he mends and then reshapes us. But for you, has there ever been a time where you felt God wasn't listening? No, oh, there have been plenty of times um, that I felt like just looking up to the sky, screaming, where are you? You know, why am I here? Why am I going through this? What have I done? I mean, there have been breathtaking moments. That's literally how God woke me up to write that song, Mended, is because I felt like I was just suffocating in a dream one night. And when I, when I woke up, I took this huge gasp of air. And that's when it, he, he softly spoke to me. He's like, that's what it's like when you meet me for the first time. And you breathe, and I'm mending everything. And to be with me is like breathing for the first time every time. So I, he really poured that into me. And there's still struggles today. I mean, just like uh, on release days of new songs and, and you got this high anticipation of what's to come and, and all the work you put into something and then it's crickets for the first week or so. And you're just wondering, okay, God, where are you? How are we moving here? And then you just have to remember just to be patient and let God be God and you do you. So you, you're trying to tell me then that Mended has nothing to do with fixing the band van on the side of the highway? that band van is still in clarksville tennessee that was back in may oh seriously i was joking no we we were on we were on a small run with uh bread for war and faith head oh yeah and um we were right in the smoky mountains and we were taking that final hill and the transmission just dropped and so we were literally broke down on the side of the highway dropped transmission and 
And so, so no, minute has nothing to do with, with <laughs> busting buses on a highway. Now, the music of Three Days Under makes it, you know, really obvious that you're out to share the message of Christ. Good. But, you know, the big question is, are you actually aiming that message at non-believers, or is it to simply reinforce the faith of Christians? Um, both. Honestly, I'm in a phase where I want to start kicking in the doors of churches, I'm kicking in the doors of, of these compromising, this compromising Christianity era that we live in, and start taking note of the actual powers of, and the true authority and the true glory of the Father. That's where I want to go with it. And um, so, I mean, if it, if it touches the non-believer or believer both, that's awesome. We've gotten a lot of comments after people listen to our music. And so you mean to tell me this is Christian music? Yeah, yeah. If you it, just listen to the lyrics and they'll start speaking to you. So many testimonies have come out through messages that really have ministered. And it's doing what it's supposed to do. But if we step on church toes while we're at it, even better. <laughs> you sound like you just like to push people's buttons. I like to tell the truth. Dave, and I, I don't believe the truth is being shared because Jesus tells us in Scripture that um, you will do these things and greater things that I have done for those who believe. Jesus did some pretty miraculous things, and the problem with this compromising Christianity church is we're not seeing the power follow the word, and we're told that that would happen, and for true believers, that they'd be walking in these signs, miracles, and wonders, and, and I have been blessed to witness a lot of these things and be part of, of these things, but they're fleeting. And so sometimes you just have to shake people and honestly flip over some tables to get their attention to say, whoa, there is power and there is honor and there is glory for our Father who gave these gifts for us. Because unfortunately, I believe that we are in in an era as well that the church has a form of godliness but denies its power. Otherwise, we wouldn't be seeing all these ailments and this darkness and everybody complains about how dark the world is. But we're, we're called to be the light of the world. And if it's mm-hmm. dark in our camps and if it's dark in our area, then that is on us because we are supposed to be the shining light in darkness and we are supposed to push it back every step that we take from the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. So, I mean, if it's just wanting to push people, awesome. I'll, I'll take the mantle, I guess. Well, there's often been said about walking the talk. What are you physically doing yourself to help your society? Correct. Is that the kind of thing that you're hoping people are going to be doing? I really hope so. And honestly, and this isn't a shot at anybody directly. We get on stage, we have a platform, and some people, for some reason, they tune in and come to the shows and listen to our music and things like that. But if we can't be living the lifestyle that we claim to live while we're on that platform, we don't deserve to be on that platform. If we cannot live a holy life in our homes and be pastors and ministers to our wives and our children, then we don't deserve to ever leave this house to go pastor and preach to anybody else. Again, I have areas in which I struggle with greatly. I'm nowhere near holier than thou or perfect. There are areas in my life that I'm really focusing on in this down season right now. And that is primarily my family. And that is primarily raising my son to be a good man of God and raising my daughter to be a great daughter of the father and loving my wife as Jesus loves me. And and it's sometimes it's difficult. But again, if I'm going to be who I say I am on that stage, I better be it behind closed doors and in my community as well. Board Cage is another Three Days Under song that got my attention. I like it because you're honest about your shortcomings. Sometimes my thoughts overtake me. I want to throw them away. I want to erase this. 
oh, how do I face this, all this shame and sorrow? You know, so here it is. The song asks the question, what do you give for an answer? Uh, The answer to that question is you lay it down at the feet of Jesus. That is the only place that any of this can go. Any any of our struggles, any of our any of our nightmarish times, any of our depression, that is honestly the only place it can go. Um, we can, of course, deal with it ourselves, or at least try to. But what I have found for me personally, that leads to the bottom of a bottle, that leads to an argument, that leads to a life in shambles when I just try to pack all this stuff around. So yeah, the feet. Lay it at his feet. You sound like you're a real black and white guy. Does gray ever come into this? Uh, that's, a, uh, that's a strength and a weakness all at the same time, Dave. Um, I would love to be the guy to say, yes, sometimes gray falls in, but I, I really don't think that would be an honest answer. Uh, I guess depending on the subject, there's gray area, but when it comes to Christ, there is no gray area because that's what's infiltrated the church anyway, a gray area. Well, there's gray area behind that scripture. It could mean this. It could mean that. Why doesn't it just mean what it says? Why can't it just be what it says and we just abide by that and go from there? So mm, That does get into contentious points again. Uh, because often the scripture was written within that cultural context. And our cultural context is radically different. Yes. Well, I, I mean, like if you're talking about the books of Corinthians and things like that. Yes, Paul had, had a dedicated audience. Um, but it's when we stray so far from the word that it is, is just so watered down that it loses its impact. That's where the issue is. Now, if, if I was going to, let's say, throw in the whole long hair, tattoos, whatever thing. Oh, would, you wouldn't know anything about those, would you? No, not at all. <laughs> I, I, I would be completely um, a blasphemous individual. But if we take it into account of who that letter was written to and why it was written, uh, the men in those camps were literally staring at men with long hair, envying it, being sexually attracted to these individuals. So therefore, if somebody had to come in and say, hey, whoa. This is not how it's meant to be, so we're just going to have to put some rules in place because apparently you guys can't control yourselves or have any any kind of, of moral compass without these in place. But back to the gray area, eh, not often. Not often, Dave. No, Three Days Under is definitely a hard rock band, but you've also got these southern rock roots. Was that a natural thing coming from Kentucky? 100 percent man uh well i mean we're kentucky boys what else are we gonna do i mean it'd be weird to have a kentucky band it sounded like an la band i assume but, <laughs> i would hope so but being in kentucky we are like seven months behind the west coast and everything that's new and hip i live in a town of twenty thousand people so getting anything new I, I bet we're still playing hits from 2013 on our radio stations Oh, okay, that may be the case, but your style comes out of the 90s. Oh, it sure does. It sure does. I mean, I'm, I was born in 79, grew up in the 80s, and, and really started cutting my teeth on the, the 90s rock and grunge and alternative music. So, yeah, man, I love that 90s sound. What was it about the 90s that was just so appealing? Emotion. You got to see the emotion in the music. It wasn't all just about parties and, and drugs and, and whatever. There was actually musicians and, and nothing against the 80s musicians. I think they were fantastic at their craft. But these artists that came along, and, and I hate to use the word teen angst or whatever it was that I was dealing with growing up, mm-hmm. it really resonated with me because it was pure. It was raw. You could feel it in your very soul. So it just 
fed that music nudge in me, I guess. So you're still exposing your teenage angst at your age. I uh, know this is a this is full blown adult angst today. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is what adult angst looks like with bills and family and and bad credit. <laughs> it's adult <laughs> angst. You give a good example of that southern rock sound on the cover that you did. God's gonna cut you down. Oh, you know, and I guess most people are really aware of the Johnny Cash version, but right. you really dialed it up to make it a heavy song. Well, the former drummer's uncle kept asking us if we would do a cover that song, and he said, listen, I don't care if you guys release it or not, just do me a favor and do it for me. And so we started kicking it around, and we scoured the internet. We were like, metal cover of God's Gonna Cut You Down. And every cover that we found was basically Johnny Cash's version, just by a different artist. So we started fiddling with it, and then finally I looked at my bass player, Jamie, and I said, Jamie, I'm not sure how I'm going to sing this. And then he, he started giving that melody of almost that train sound, that old Cash, because you can relate the train, mm-hmm. um, Johnny Cash with Folsom Prison. And so he started just giving that melody of that train sound. And so I said, yep, that's what we're going to do with it. And it turned out better than what I expected, honestly. It really did. But I mean, why not? Johnny Cash was actually featured on a Christian punk band doing a cover of his own song. What what song did Cash cover in a Christian punk band? The band is One Bad Pig, and One Bad Pig did Man in Black. Really? And Johnny Cash came in and did it with them in the studio. I'm writing that down. I have so much useless trivia. It's helping me out tremendously, because after we're done here, I'm pulling that song up, and I'm going to listen to me some One Bad Pig. Your band has had a few singles over the years, and in 2020, you released The Fall. You know, I watched the video for the song, and man, that was disturbing. Maybe you could tell us about the song and the video. Well, um, I have a a history of addiction between alcohol and drugs, which thankfully I'd been long delivered from. So we started writing this song, and I, I just remember times of depression um, especially when I was reading the Bible one afternoon and I came across that psalm, I believe it's Psalm 6. Um, that's where it, lyrically it comes from. And I remember those times and I was just like, God, just please don't be mad at me for what I'm about to do. You know, just just hear me, hear my hurt, just deliver me from this. Because I know if you don't, it's going to be total chaos. And, and the fall will be such a long, long way down and I don't want to have to climb back up again. And so where we deal a lot with recovery and and we play a lot of local recovery groups here at home, it was important to give people hope and show that. And of course there's a um, disclaimer at the beginning that if you're triggered easily by some of these things that you might see in the video, don't watch it Mm -hmm. because it deals with heroin use. And, And I was never a heroin addict and I've never used heroin, but we decided to go as graphic and as in your face as possible just to stress and visually show what can happen to an individual when in that moment of desperation and you're taken a hold by an addiction. At the same time, also show that the healing power of God can bring you back, like at the very end of the video when she comes back to life on the gurney. Yeah. We really just tried to drive those points home. And I, I think not only is the audio supposed to be dynamic and grab your attention too, but it should much more the visual that's attached to that audio. Hopefully it just helps people. At the beginning of our talk, you mentioned that Three Days Under is a ministry band and that 
God told you to do it. Right. But, you know, being so involved with this project, I'd really think it'd be easy to have a hard time separating out your own desires from what the Lord wants. You know what I'm getting at? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, God has a good way of keeping me in check with all that. Because there was a time that I got so caught up with likes and follows and how many people are, are downloading our music and, and how many people are listening. Are we gaining traction? Are we not gaining traction? And finally, God said, okay, let's just put you on pause. And he kind of put us on pause for, for a couple years. And I think that's been the last last season from the release of the EP. He closed the doors of creativity. He closed the doors of, of real honest traction because I feel like as, as is a ministry given to me, and, and now all the other guys, they, they have equal parts. Um, everything is shared equally am, amongst the bandmates. But as this was a ministry that was placed in my heart and placed in my tutelage, then it is my responsibility to take care of it and make the decisions that I feel that God is leading us um, the best way forward. So with me getting so wrapped up in, in the media and, and how it was getting distributed and, and all those things, I think God said, whoa. Um, you're getting a little too wrapped up in you, so now we we got to put the brake until you realize this this isn't about you. This is about me, and it always has been. That's led to a few tough decisions. We've had to um, let a few of our members go this past August um, due to differences in, in opinion of, of how we need to be ministers and, and how we do ministry because it's ministry first. The music is just a caveat. It's a vessel. It's ministry, and it is all Jesus or all nothing. And I'm willing to let the band just be on pause as long as God says. But clearly with new releases, God's opening some doors. So, And it seems like you're willing to stretch the bars a bit. Because, I mean, here it is. Halloween is come and gone. But the latest single from Three Days Under, Bring Out Your Dead, does tie into that. Yeah. So was releasing the song at the end of October intentional? Absolutely. Every year around Halloween, the band does something special, only because it has been claimed by the darkness that day for so many years. Um, and I, honestly, the history of Halloween isn't demonic. It isn't satanic. It isn't whatever. But it's whatever we give the devil power and, and, and command over, like we did this holiday. And so we try to go in every year and take back uh, at least a section of ground that, that has been taken by the enemy. And so we'll release things like Bring Out Your Dead. A few years ago, we released a um, Universal Monster movie montage that we shot. And we all dressed up like an old school um, monster. <laughs> and we did we do these lives on our Facebook page called Trainwrecks. But like we had a Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, Invisible Man, and a vampire, and, uh, and uh, um, the Phantom of the Opera. But what we did is we took those characters and we related them to people in the church, like the Wolfman. He goes to church on Sunday, but once he leaves there, he's a complete monster when he gets home, and he just treats people terrible. Or the Frankenstein, the guy who, who's addicted to this drug into church, and everybody looks at him like he's the monster because he's struggling. Or, I mean, the vampire who goes into church and just sucks off everybody else and never gives, never pours into anybody else. I mean, there's just so much that we pour into it, and we just relate it back to the church. Again, just to take back a, a few inches of what the enemy is trying to steal. And bring out your dead is no different. I want you to be honest about Bring Out Your Dead. You have to admit that the song idea came from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Dude, it so did. <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were playing a show in Indiana. We were with Chaotic Resemblance. 
And we were backstage, and Logan, um, the guitar player, and Travis, the front man, they were both backstage. And Logan and I, we were just running around for some reason. I can't even remember why, just, just screaming out, bring out your dead, bring out your dead. And then I froze, and I was like, oh, man, that's a great idea for a song. And then I looked at Logan, and his eyes got as big as silver dollars. And I looked over at Travis, and his eyes got real big. And I think because they have the uh, the song "The Quick and the Dead," which is my favorite that they do, mm-hmm. and um, I said, "Don't you steal my song idea?" <laughs> and so from then on, I've been kicking around the old noodle up here for a few months, and then, boom, doors of, of creativity were blown wide open. Just seems like an oxymoron to say that "Bring Out Your Dead" has come to life, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't it? Though, you know, the final verse of the song says. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Nothing can quench what is burning inside. You whitewashed tombs, rotting and vile. Bring out your dead, it's about to get wild. The song actually makes it sound as if you're giving a prophetic statement. So you got to tell us now, when is it going to happen? I have no clue. See, I I feel that I, I work in the prophetic quite often. I've also noticed that when I put Patrick's timestamps on it, um, it's usually two years later that when they usually come through, or it's usually sometime later when it happens. So I, I won't put a timestamp on it, but it is coming. I know that it's coming because we have, again, um, the truth is not being preached. The manifest power and presence of God, yes, we, we get these sprinklings of these miracles in the church here and there, and, and, and it's become an emotional response instead of an actual encounter with, with our God. And unfortunately, People are trying to have an encounter with a God that they barely know anything of. The mm-hmm. only thing they, they know of him is, is the Sunday and Wednesday or what they what they listen to their 15-minute devotional. There's no time taken in the Word. There's no time spent in the relationship. So, But it's coming. It's definitely. I'm glad you picked up on that last verse, too. I've been wondering what the reaction to that would be. Well, I guess neither one of us have any control over the future, but what do you hope the plans are for the next from Three Days Under? Uh, well, we're going to release another song about three days before Christmas. Um, and yes, that was very much planned. Actually, it was suggested by one of uh, one of the people to tune into our train wrecks on Facebook. Um, we were wondering when we should release the next single. And he said, Three Days Before Christmas is a play on Three Days Under. And so we said, okay, that sounds good. And then you're going to release a song for Groundhog Day, right? Um, <laughs> yes, we will. And it'll probably be Bring Out Your Dead all over again. So yeah, do another single and then really focus on releasing an album next year. Good for you. Because again, the doors of creativity have been blown wide open and we're just, we're just in a season of writing and, and making the best music we possibly can at this point. And that you're accomplishing, certainly with the new single, that's for sure. Oh, I sure hope so, because I really, really love this song, and I really, really can't wait to play it live. I just can't. Well, Patrick, i got to thank you for this talk, man, and I appreciate you taking time out for the antidote. Dave, thank you so much for having me. And uh, one quick thing. Hey, listen, if anybody out there listening is struggling during the holidays, um, you guys need something or need somebody to talk to, do life with you, feel free to reach out to one of us in the band. You, our DMs are always open. We will talk with you. We will sit with you. We will walk with you. We will cry with you. Whatever you need, because life is much better here with you in it than not. So please feel free to reach out. We will always respond.